1: to be back with you folks. Here we are on the 205th podcast. We're in Psalm 23. And every time I think of Psalm 23, I, you know, for me, it's always been about the still water, the green pastures. It's always been about, uh, the shepherd, the great shepherd, our God, the one that's going to restore my soul. And that's where we're going today. And, uh, and, and so the word of God says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Because I have the greatest leader ever, I'm not gonna want anything because I have the Lord as my shepherd.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't
1: have to worry about what direction I'm going in. The Lord's gonna take me in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I don't have to get caught up with that stuff. And with me as always is my co-host and uh, friend, Stephanie Westco. So Stephanie, what's going on?
2: Well, Doug, besides um, recovering from our um, 13-hour drive, not much.
1: Yeah, so there was a 13-hour drive held by some, uh, and there was a, uh, uh, so Debbie and I drove eight hours, and it's usually 10, but we had no stop in Atlanta, and to be quite honest with you, we drove 10 miles an hour over the speed limit all the way just to stay in the slow lane.
2: Yeah, that's kind of how it was on our trip. Don't they
1: go fast out there? Oh, my word. Coming down 65 through Alabama is like, it's like a racetrack out there. It is. But I drove big red.
2: Oh, I bet I bet she was happy. Oh,
1: Big Red was comfortable. You know, Big Red is a different level of automobile. Yeah. You know? So yeah. Big Red is a Chevy pickup truck, crew cab, right with God, Doc Red. He maketh me To lie down in green pastures, he leadeth me beside the still waters. And we talked about when the rain comes, when the spring comes. Those pastures are so nice. And when they're green in the Holy Land, they were only green once in a while. What does that mean to us today is uh, we got to bring people to those green pastures as under shepherds. And God, will the shepherd, the great shepherd, will take us there. He'll bring us there, Mm -hmm. keep us there. He restoreth my soul, Stephanie. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in thine presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever." And and we really, we want to start talking there in verse number three, Stephanie. So. You're looking at verse number three, and he restoreth my soul. Ah. Uh, how does that happen? I mean, what is restoring my soul? What 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 are those he restoreth my soul, those four words, he restoreth my soul. What is that?
2: Well, I think I when I think of this of that phrase specifically, I think of the fact that God is our great physician. Yeah. He's Jehovah Rapha. And that we don't serve a God who just heals our body, you know. When I think of Jesus' earthly ministry, He didn't just come to um, save people physically from their diseases, or yeah. and that was something He did. But He said so, He said something constantly when He healed people, when they came to Him for healing, He would say, "Go thy way, thy faith." Hath made thee whole, and that's when I think of He restoreth my soul. That's what I think of is the is the sense of God doesn't just help us physically; He does help us physically. I think that's part of verse two. Is there's a rest there?
1: Yeah, a spiritual
2: well, and a physical rest. But I yeah. think restoring our souls is, and I'm I, quite honestly, when you have PTSD. That phrase takes on a whole lot of new meaning because our souls need refreshed. They need restored. Sometimes daily um, triggers have a way of depleting your soul, if I can say that. Yeah. And um, I love the fact that God, there is so much wrapped up in those four little words. It's kind of incredible. He restores
1: my, you know, God's in the soul business. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, and so everybody who's a Christian that wants to lead people to the Lord or, or present the Lord to them, I mean, God does all the work. To, to Him is all the glory. To Him is all the glory for anything that we produce in this life. If it's not, we're, we're doing it for no reason at all. It's for God that we do this podcast. But, but God is in the soul business, soul's business, and, and He restoreth my soul. And who are you going to go to to restore for your soul but the guy who's in the soul business? who alone can give you that energy and uh, you know that's a that's a tough thing when you're you know when, when life is slammed down on you when things go bad when 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 you show up when when you get on that airplane in the capital of Cameroon or wherever you were and you're coming home and the kids finally all take a nap and stuff I mean what's going through your mind in that type of place
2: well, you feel pretty much dead inside. And yeah. when I think of, you know, we have Chip and Joanna Gaines kind of thing where restoring houses that have gotten run down, that have gotten worn out. So oh, I, I love speak. those guys, man. And yeah. um, so do I. And, um, but it's just, when I think of this, think of this verse... You know, those, the, the point is to take those those old run-down places and turn them into something beautiful again. And yeah. that's what God does with us. Yeah. Is we're worn down, we're, we're worn out. We feel absolutely worthless.
1: Have and you felt gives... that way, friend? Think about that. Think what she's saying, That you know. Um, yeah. We've all been there, haven't we? Yeah. And I mean, and so for those of you who haven't been following along for the last year, uh, or whatever, and you may not know Stephanie's whole story. And by the way, you gotta buy Stephanie Wesco W E S C O's book, uh, "To Die Is Gain: Finding Abundant Life in Death." And uh, you gotta read this testimony here. Uh, but I think, I think something's important here, and I think that everybody needs restoring at some point in their life. Oh
2: yeah, There's, you, definitely. You know what we
1: think sometimes? We look at people, right? Yep. And we think that those people got it all together. And haven't we learned, you know, some of our friends that we thought were close friends and some of the people that we really love, some of the people that that we would die for, that you and I would fight for, that you and I would knock down walls for, that you and I would be loyal to to the day we die. Uh, where are they? Yeah. And people out there are going through this right now. And okay. it doesn't make sense to them that, that people you love, that people you die for, that people you're loyal to, that people uh, people who should be there really, you know, by all, by all purposes, people that should be there are not there. Yeah. And so, so as we read that, and as we think about this, and as we talk about this, I think, I think there's something significant to understand. He restoreth my soul, Mm -hmm. the Lord restoreth my soul. And, uh, and, and I think that's the most important thing. He restoreth my soul. Then going on to that next part of that, he said, He leadeth me in path of righteousness for his name's sake. And what's a path of righteousness?
2: Well, it's the idea of that God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And where God gives us through his word the yeah. way we're to walk in. Yeah, and um,
1: this world is not going to lead you in a path of righteousness.
2: Yeah, well, and I think of it, um, what psalm is it, where where David says, Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy at thy right hand. There are pleasures forevermore. And the idea of he gives us that path of life and then he leads us in it. He doesn't just send us out
1: there. How does that go?
2: He leadeth me, he
3: leadeth me, by his own hand he leadeth
2: me.
1: Yeah, and uh, boy, if you're going to find leading in this world, it's not going to lead you that way. And, nope. and And folks, I think some of the problems that we have is we've been led by the wrong folks. We went to the wrong shepherds. We've been to the wrong places. And so many people, you know, they'll tell you that I know this is my fault. I know I have went through these things. I know I did this. But listen, folks, stop it. Mm-hmm. Don't go to the wrong places. Don't go to the wrong people. Don't do those types of things. Stay away from those things. And I think, you know, God's going to he's going to make it you to lie down in green pastures. He's going to lead you beside still waters. But then he takes you to that next level where we are today. He's restoring your soul. He's leading me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. So His testimony, when when your shepherd leads you, His testimony, takes is important here. Yeah. His, te- yeah. you know, a shepherd's it's testimony is important. It's about God's glory. Mm-hmm. And and folks, when we're under shepherds, when we're when we're used uh, in churches and in leadership positions, and our families and our relationships, and and uh, boy, your testimony matters. Yep. Your testimony matters, and that's why that's so important. And, and uh, I mean, so, so you're coming back, so going back to this, putting you in Psalm 23, putting Psalm 23 in you, going to this place. So you, you come back from Cameroon, uh, you're, you're trying to make sense of the world. So two years ago, this past week, there was a public service, there was a memorial service, life was upside down, Charles got buried. Two weeks ago now, everybody's gone. Things are calming down. What's life like? Rougher than a night in jail. There it is, man. My (laughs) favorite line. Yeah. Yeah. And how can people make a difference? How can somebody listen to us today make a difference for somebody who's going through what you went through? I mean, so how can somebody? Yeah, how? That's hard, I know.
2: Well, for one thing, if you have a friend who's at the bottom where their soul needs restored, um, one of the greatest things you can do for them besides praying, which is obviously at the top of the list, but be a real friend to them. Um, Don't be there as their judge. Be there as their friend and as in a sense an advocate for them someone that they know they can trust Um, I think that's
1: a huge step to helping someone heal you know this is particularly important too as we've been talking and we've been telling our friends here uh, our listeners and uh, we've been telling them to part of the healing part of growing part of letting God use you is, uh, uh, is is being part of someone else's healing mm-hmm. and things like that. So if somebody close to you, so who would be close enough to you to fit into that role when you first came back?
2: Well my dad, my dad was no there.
1: no, but I mean who besides dad, brothers, sisters, who besides that who would be, and I know you had for instance Rhonda and Amanda and mm-hmm. but but who in purposes of naming, So we're helping people to help people. So if somebody knows somebody who lost their husband or lost their wife, and uh, you know, let's say this lady lost her husband, and there's ladies around her, who should feel comfortable to try and help and How do they do that?
2: Anybody should be willing to help. I don't think there's...
1: Not an acquaintance though. Probably somebody closer than an acquaintance.
2: Even an acquaintance can make a difference. Even an acquaintance can say, hey, can I drop a cup of coffee off for you?
1: Yeah, you know, and, and part of... Or a chai. Part of my love language is chai, all right? So, and, uh, you know, but I don't like chai anymore. I had one this one. I'm, I'm done. Chai is done. It's written off. I think it was part of that 60 pounds I lost. I think maybe 50 of them came from chai. Maybe. And I, I blame my friend, John O'Malley, for that. <laughs> he and, I, was going over to, I was going over to this place called Wawa in Virginia, and for 99 cents, you could have any drink. And I'd go in and get a black coffee and I'd squirt a little bit of fat-free caramel in it, put a couple creamers in it, pay my 99 cents. And O'Malley's like, this is junk. We're not, we're not getting coffee here. Let's go to Starbucks. My life's been ruined ever since.
2: But you have to admit their sous vide eggs are right with God.
1: Oh, man.
2: That was one of my feelings today.
1: And Those here things we. are some of my favorites. And folks, if you've never been to sous vide egg life country, they sell them at Starbucks. But anyway, uh, this is what I'm thinking. I'm going back to that comment you made. You can always bring a cup of coffee by. You can always bring a meal by. You can always bring... Um, you can always say I'm saying a prayer. You know what I like that people did when...
2: Don't just, but don't force yourself on someone. There we go.
1: I was just going to say, you know what I like because that people I had did that when done too. When my when my family died, when people in my family died? Uh, people on Facebook would do something that really changed my life. They wouldn't say, you know, they're with God. We were the better place. So there's a woman who writes stuff like that all the time on my stuff. I mean, she's crazy. But anyway, and you know her, you met her before. But anyway, that doesn't matter. But here's... Here's the thing I'm getting at here, you know? And she's the first one when something goes wrong in her life. Please, babe, babe, my life's over and I want to write. Oh, you know, God, this is better for you. But anyway, you know what I like. <laughs> I know. God forgive me for being that kind of a human being right there. But but you know what I like? I like when mm-hmm. people went out on Facebook that said, Love you, man. Praying for your brother. Let yeah. me know if I can do anything. Yeah. Those couple sentences or few sentences changed everything. Mm-hmm. But going back to people we can help, because this is, this is really helpful. I think there's a lot of, now there are men and women listening to us who have husbands or wives in their life who are hurt, who are stricken, who are going through things. How do they help?
2: You're saying how can, how can someone help a spouse? Yeah. Well, for one thing, don't whack them upside the head and say, just get over it or...
1: Yeah. You had a family member do that to you. Yeah.
2: If you have a spouse that's hurting, be a support to them. Um, Yeah. That's...
1: uh, Yeah. If you got a family member or spouse, whatever the case may be, um, you know, you have to be. You be have part to. of
2: the healing process. Don't be part of the process of ripping open the wound.
1: Yeah, and don't go in asking all kinds of questions. You know, go in just wanting to be someone's friend. Go in just wanting to be uh, part of the help process. Go in just wanting to do don't something. Don't
2: be a know-it-all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And
2: don't say, I know what you're going through because you don't.
1: No, everybody's walk's different. You know, you could have... You could have two people here went through exactly the, the same kind of thing and they went through totally different things you know uh so one of the things that i did is i i had a friend of mine who witnessed the accidental killing of a family member and his family member was shot and killed in the same kind of manner that charles brother charles was shot and killed in And I remember I hooked, I don't know if you remember this, but I hooked you up on the phone uh, with that gentleman. And you weren't exactly alike, but you could help each other. Yeah. And you guys talked, remember I gave you like a time limit. Debbie and I were with you. We were in Georgia. We were playing with Emmy. That's the night Emmy got mad at us and sat in the middle of the floor and refused to move. to someone picked her up, and nobody picked her up, and she got more and more upset and she hit herself in the corner. Now I should tell you folks, she was three years old at this time. Now she's four, so this wasn't like a twenty-year-old woman or anything. But I've known twenty-year-old women who've done stuff like that. But, but I think, I think there's something. Uh, I think there's something great. I think there's something better than great for those people who care. I think there's something better great than great for those people who will help. I think there's something that, that people can do, um, like you talking to that gentleman on the phone that night because you had that connection. But there's also talking to someone on the phone and talking about stuff that like used to matter. You don't have to cover the subject. Yeah. You know, if your friend liked doing flowers with you, talk about the flowers you're seeing. Uh, talk about you know the rain that year. You know sometimes those those subjects are uh, you know they're great just to get away from the re- reality of your reality. And does uh, yeah. those, those kind of things help you? I mean, I mean, who was yeah. what was the best? What was the best help you received those first few months?
2: Well, one of my favorite memories. And this sounds really, I don't know, favorite memories is the right term. But the day before Charles' funeral, his yeah. private funeral, um, a good friend of mine from Ohio, she and her husband, I had grown up with her husband in my church.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: but they had come over and were just incredible blessings. And the day before Charles' funeral, she took um, the Sinclair ladies and Liberty and I to a local salon to get our nails done. Mm. And that may seem like a very small thing. It's not. And I did not want to do it. To me, yeah. I felt like it was a waste. Like, like what was and the And that's purpose? about 25
1: bucks a pop, man.
2: And they got us like the really nice. She not It was a cheap manicure. Yeah, she did the whole deal. What color did you go with? Just a real neutral.
1: I probably would her too the day before a funeral. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But the point was, she she said you you know I, well, wait a minute. you need to wait go a wait a minute wait a minute
1: I wouldn't get any color I just I, <laughs> I don't push stuff on like my nails I just oh
2: that is hilarious
1: okay, okay. anyway go we'll go back to you then. Go <laughs> you can keep going all right about
2: but no that was when I look back over though that was about one of the most special things during that whole time frame because. It was just, you know, an hour or whatever of just time to sit and not have to plan a funeral, not have to watch the kids, not have to. And women
1: giggle and they you know. Well, they I wasn't get there giggling,
2: they, I mean, it wasn't.
1: Somebody <laughs> had a giggle out of that crowd.
2: I don't know that any of us giggled, being honest with you. We were a pretty somber
1: group. Was there any Starbucks involved?
2: No. Remember, my health had crashed. I wasn't even allowed to look at caffeine.
1: Were you drinking the vinegar with the hot stuff in it and stuff back no, then? No, 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 no. That came with the liver, right? Mm-hmm. So what were you eating back then? What did your diet look like?
2: Um, Force feed, whatever people told me I had to eat after Charles died.
1: So maybe something that people could do, and that's where we're going with this, is how we can help others and how we can help, you know, just people who are going through stuff. Tough but things. yeah,
2: that wasn't. I'm just just saying something little like that made a difference. Yeah, it changed. It changed um, everything. When I look back, it was, it was special, you know. Well, it's
1: special enough that two years later, we're talking about it, and you know, and and another thing is, you know, what Stephanie was just saying, just eating stuff that I was people made me eat and force feed, and maybe getting little finger foods and stuff. I don't know. We don't want to get too much on this, but the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures, those beautiful green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's So what's his namesake? So we we come to that. We're wrapping this up on on verse number three. His namesake. What is it talking I about? I
2: think it means for his glory's sake. Yeah. You know, he doesn't he doesn't lead us in the path of righteousness in a path of becoming more like him for us. He does it so that we will turn around and glorify him.
1: And And that's a pretty cool thing.
2: I think that's what that's talking about is it's not for our name's sake. It's not for our glory's sake. It's so that we'll turn around and bring honor and glory to him because he's the one who's healed our soul. He's the one who has led us and guided us. And it's all about his name being lifted up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think, folks, um, a life worth living is a life that brings glory and honor to God. Uh, a life worth living is a life that follows this great shepherd. Uh, a life worth living is uh, somebody who leads his his uh, family, his friends to those green pastures besides those still waters. You can be part of that in people's lives. You can uh, take people to get nails done, ladies, uh, men, men. Uh, you know, take somebody down, take a guy down and, and, uh, you know, have a, have a good breakfast somewhere. Uh, you know, maybe go fishing. I don't know, but there's so much that we can do here. And then, but God does so much for us. And the most important thing is to lead people, uh, to the great shepherd is to point people to the great shepherd. Uh, in our worst times, sometimes we forget to stop and talk to God. Sometimes we think God can't hear us. Sometimes we we're sure God can't hear us. Sometimes we saw David say, right, in Psalm 22, that he, he couldn't hear. So he cried out to God. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just got to cry out to God with people. Sometimes we just got to hang out with people. Sometimes we got to stay out of the way. Sometimes we drop a card. I don't know about you, but you said somebody gave you soul winner books, and I told you they should have given you a $100 bill and a card. Well, a Some,
2: lot of people were huge. I mean, we had... Oh, I know yeah you we were very blessed people oh still you're still
1: blessed her. there's still people out there that love you mm-hmm. there's people listening right now that love you they don't love me
2: well i don't know why they'd love me
1: yeah i don't know they like doug they're like hey i gotta listen to stephanie and Doug you know. That's,
2: oh, don't.
1: That's what they're oh, doing right Lord. now. That, that's what they're saying. That man. is not true. Yeah, they're saying, no, You're no, the so, one that makes the laugh. Stephanie. We go places. Stephanie. Oh, Stephanie. stop it. And they go, who's that big dumb looking guy there?
2: Oh, stop it. That yeah. is so not true.
1: Yeah. Listen, folks, I think we got to end in a song tonight that, uh, uh, boy, Stephanie, you got to dig one out here. And again, we never look one up. Uh, it should probably, one of our new songs. Do we? What, what's that new song? What do you remember from our new song? Uh, Are you uh,
2: talking about He Sets Me Free? Yeah.
1: Okay, That's the one we need.
2: A, just give me a second.
1: Oh, man. this that is,
2: I do have to look up the words for. Real you know what? Moment.
1: I'm going to have her sing the whole song because we're doing good on time. We're at 25, okay. 22. So listen, this is important. Uh, be set free, friends. Be set free. So once you find the words, let me know.
2: Okay, got them.
1: Go ahead
3: in the morning when i see your handiwork and majesty your word moves inside of me and sets me free when my heart wanders wrong i find your answers and a song from the God of eternity, He sets me free. When I see the golden sun rise, His glory shining in my eyes, He's the God of eternity, He sets me free. When my world starts to fall, he's the one who I always call, he's the God of eternity, he sets me free. In the nighttime when I cry, I see the moonshine in the sky. He's the God of eternity, He sets me free. In the end when I go to die, He'll take my hand and guide me through the sky. He's the God of eternity, He sets me free. Up in heaven when I smile, it will be worth every hard fought mile. He's the God of eternity, who set me free. Painful tears will then be dried, He'll wipe each one from my eyes. He's the God of eternity, who set me free. He's the God of eternity, who will set you free.
1: Friends, he's the God of eternity. That song haunted me. It just, uh, it, it drove me crazy as as I wrote that. And Stephanie edited it very little. That was a little editing job there. And uh, I called it my worship song.
2: I blipped on that one part, sorry.
1: I noticed you did. You know, we didn't have to tell them.
2: It was pretty obvious.
1: Yeah, so listen, folks. We're we're talking on these little microphones that this awesome church out in Washington State got for us. And, But anyway, and uh, listen, you know, he's going to restore your soul. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: He alone can do that. We love you guys. It's very important, though, to get your soul restored. You first got to have your soul saved. Listen to every word of this. Thank you
0: for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.